On this episode of Honey, You Should Watch This, Greg chose the movie The Abyss by James Cameron. Before I started this movie, I really had no idea what type of movie I was going to be watching. And about 45 minutes in, I still had no idea what kind of movie I was watching. And about an hour and 15 minutes in, I still didn't know. And as I'm sitting right here, I, I still don't know what kind of movie I was watching. I'm going to have to lean in hard to figure out this, uh, this out with Greg. Enough said. Well, I guess this will be an action-packed show if you still haven't <laughs> figured out what type of movie that was. <laughs> Honestly, I did not know. I couldn't. I was like, is this sci-fi? Is this thriller? Is this, is this a horror movie? I have no idea. I, I mean, I know it's, there's a, just a lot to, to stuff in that uh, box that you call a film. So, And it was long very long yeah we we well we didn't even watch the director's cut i, I wish i kind of wish we would have um oh, do you yeah. <laughs> well i mean you had already fallen asleep what's another no i didn't fall asleep i did not fall asleep during this one <laughs> surprisingly I, I, I don't enough. think as many times as i've seen this movie i don't think i've ever watched a director's cut there was a time in my life where i didn't watch a director's cut because i didn't think it was I've, you know like the way to do it but i i i know there's a lot of things in it that supposedly um change the way you feel about certain things at the end but mm -hmm. i I've no, i don't think i've ever seen it i didn't realize it was on that the dvd yeah, that i had i think had you watched it you might have been a few movie but um you know for now it's just a few james cameron so yeah yeah uh yeah so um hi hi how yeah. are you this I, week i guess Welcome. I, I guess i'm okay yeah Welcome I, back, everybody, to, yeah. to another episode. So we've pretty much wrapped up our synopsis of this movie. <laughs> you can find us Actually, at Honey, You Should Watch This on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> no, actually, we haven't. This was, yeah. Well, okay. Let me let me start out by asking you why you chose this movie before we get into the extremely long and complex story that is The Abyss. I, I think this movie has a lot going on, but I also Got think a lot that going on. I think this movie has a lot. Uh, it does a lot of things right. Okay. And I think that if you put yourself in the in the headspace that it's 1989, mm -hmm. that n there was only one section that had CGI effects in this whole movie. Right. And the first time I saw that, it blew me away. I was like, "Holy crap! How are they doing that?" Which is exactly right. what everybody in the movie said. Right. Uh, I also think that the acting is very good by everybody. I, I, this movie has a couple of issues, but I also think that this movie does. This is this is James Cameron. I mean, this is, this guy is an epic filmmaker for a reason, and I know that his his stories are kind of one note, for lack of a better word. But I, I don't know if I'd say that they're one note. But he was coming off Aliens too, right? 
Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. yeah, it's not <laughs> Aliens, alien. which it's is alien, alien two. 2. Okay. For the plebeian. Um, like me. Uh, so it kind of felt like aliens underwater, which essentially... Well, there were aliens kinda, down there, yes. Kind of were. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. You I, I don't think you... It was hard to know what this movie was going to ultimately be. But well, that's anyway. good because it keeps you guessing. You sit on the edge, you see, you enjoy it. Mm. You walk out, you throw up on the sidewalk because of all the <laughs> stress, and then you go have a nice dinner somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Refill that tummy. Okay. Um, do you want me to get into? I, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to call this a summary because again, this this movie has a lot to unpack. Then just call it a summary. Um, but we will we will move on and then we'll get into what my expectations were, which I, I think you'll you're going to enjoy that. Okay. Um, and then my reaction to it. Okay. So here is the story of the 1989's Abyss. Uh, the Montana, a U.S. Navy nuclear submarine operating in the Caribbean Sea encounters an unidentified submerged object moving at a high speed. As the object moves close to the submarine, the vessel loses power. When power is restored, it's too late because the sub is already on a collision course within, with the wall of an underwater canyon. The sinking ship, uh, it sinks the ship, kills the crew, but not before a homing beacon is released. With a hurricane coming in, a team of Navy SEALs and the crew of an underwater oil drilling platform called the Deep Corps will explore the wreck and look for, quote-unquote, survivors. The platform's designer and chief engineer, Dr. Lindsay Brigman, is furious at the notion of her rig being commandeered for the mission, but insists on being there to oversee things. Her estranged husband, Virgil Bud Brigman, is the foreman of the platform and is not too happy about Lindsay being on board either. After eight hours in a compression chamber, Lindsay and the SEAL team emerge after some uncleverly um, done exposition about the dangers of high-pressure nervous system, which heretofore I will call the underwater crazies. Okay. It is revealed that the team's leader, Lieutenant Coffey, is hiding his symptoms of said underwater crazies, uh, which is unfortunate because the SEAL team's real mission is to find and extract the sub's nuclear warhead before the Russian Navy finds the wreckage. Dun, dun, dun. You with me so far? Yes. Okay. As the hurricane... Underwater bad, above water good. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily, because as the hurricane draws closer, things get perilous, as the deep core crew cannot untether the station from its topside crane, because the SEAL team, under commands to retrieve the nuclear warhead from the wreckage, abscond with an underwater sub needed to do the job. With the cable uncut, the crane crashes into the ocean and barely misses the station. However, the crane falls into the crevasse, pulling deep core dangerously near the side of the underwater canyon and causing major damage to the heat and air support systems and killing several crew members. As Lindsay races to make repairs and reroute the line to maximize their chances of staying alive during the hurricane, the deep core crew grow highly resentful of the SEAL team and blame them for their losses. Oh, and did I mention that the crew is not alone down there. While activating oxygen tanks outside the rig, Lindsay encounters otherworldly, brilliantly illuminated vehicles, which she touches. Um, 
As both vehicles she sees lower into the chasm, she's able to get a few pictures, and when she shows pictures to the crew, they're quite astonished but seem to believe her story. Bud takes her aside, thinking she may be having hallucinations, but she assures him she doesn't have the underwater crazies. But don't forget, Kofi is... Uh, so when the crew is visited by a uh, tentacle type thing, which appears to be made of tirely water, which I call the water worm, um, and tries to communicate with Lindsay and Bud by mimicking their faces, um, Kofi finds the tentacles origins in the rigged diving pool and he panics and closes one of the hatches, cutting it off. And the remainder sinks into the depths, but not before the tentacle looks at him. Kofi becomes even more terrified and paranoid and decides to use the warhead to destroy this threat. But and Lindsay must face off against Kofi to prevent him from detonating the bomb, uh, playing kind of a demolition derby type uh, race to uh, with the mini-subs uh, to get Kofi um, subdued and the warhead back. Kofi dies uh, when he crashes his mini-sub in the water and uh, falls into the abyss with the warhead. Uh, Bud and Lindsay's sub also starts taking in water. With only one diving suit on board, Lindsay begs Bud to take it and return to Deep Core. Bud stays with Lindsay until she succumbs to the water and swims back to the station with Lindsay's body. The crew fight to revive her, and just when we think all is lost, Lindsay comes too. So now the crew must figure out how to disarm the bomb to protect whatever form of life is in the abyss. And uh, Buck goes down, of course, uh, in a suit uh, filled with oxygen-rich liquid that he can breathe into his lungs and not succumb to the pressure of the depths. Can Bud get there in time? Will he be able to get back? And just what the hell are those things? That is the abyss. Okay, so it stars. I'm not going to go through the whole uh, crew or cast here because there's a lot of people in this movie. There's a bunch of people. In this um, movie. so there's I'm a just. Bunch of, there's a bunch of people that you recognize too, which which. Makes yeah, it more like right. a James Cameron movie. <laughs> so, um, main cast. I'm just going to do the 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 core three, which is uh, Ed Harris's Bud Br- Bud Brigman, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, who I always 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 confuse with Jamie Gertz, as Lindsay Brigman, and uh, Michael Bean as Lieutenant Kofi. Uh, Michael Bean making another appearance here since we talked about him during Tombstone. Um, you also see uh, a very younger Chris Elliott and a younger Ken Jenkins. Uh, Ken Jenkins is uh, Dr. Michael Kelso on Scrubs, if you're a fan of that. So there's a lot of people in this movie that I recognize from other other things. That, yeah, you know, <clears throat> the one guy that was uh, the guy that was the communicating with them back and forth on the boat. He was taller and he, he was bald. I mean, I know him from episodes of Miami Vice, and okay. there's, there's, there's a lot of people yeah. in this movie that have, that you go, oh, I remember him from such and such and right. such and such, yeah. It's his, the, the Deep Core crew is, you know, got your typical James Cameron type cast, you know, you got the, the you know, the the head, kind of the head bitch in charge, the smart one, which is, you know, played by Mary Elizabeth and Asantronios, but you also have the badass bitch, um, you have the eccentric, you have the, you know, the right. big guys, the muscle, you know, things like that. So, very James Cameron-ish. So I think I think maybe we kind of should change up how we do it this week because okay. because the type of this movie. I think in in our first part we should talk about the movie, and in the second part we should go into like okay. the background scenes because right. there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that went down on this movie. Okay, can I get into what I expected before I watch this? Of course you can. For some reason. When you said the abyss, I'm like, oh, okay, I've never seen that movie, which I haven't. I thought we were going to watch Dead Calm. 
Oh, for some man. reason, I thought the abyss was the premise of Dead Calm. And um, as soon as you guys, we watched this on DVD. Um, so as soon as we got into the menu, I'm like, I don't think this is the movie. Who was, was who was in Dead Calm? Nicole Kidman. That's right. And Sam, is it Sam Neill? Sam Neill, right. From, yeah. Uh, from Dress. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah um, oh, and so the other guy from Tombstone. Kurt Russell? No. The other bad guy. Powers Booth? No. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> the other bad guy. I mean, there, there was. was... A, hold on. Uh, la, 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 la. Maybe it was another bad guy. Dead calm. Okay. Go, go, you, you fill in my dead calm while I'm um, looking up dead calm. Well, first of all, you know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably won't be picking any horror movies for Billy anybody Billy Zane, I'm sorry. Oh, Billy Zane. Yeah. Sorry. He wasn't the bad guy. He was just bad. He was just a bad dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, I won't. I won't be probably not be picking too many horror movies for this. So I mean, you okay. know, you know what I'm going to be picking uh, style of movies. So yeah, okay. And they all start with E and end with T. Ernest. It's <laughs> 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 a genre unto itself. Yeah, it is. You know what? You know what? You dread watching the Ernest movies, but they really are. They really are a labor of love. They really are. Okay. Okay. I um. I, I'll before we get into this, I, I do want to. I just to. Duck, I'm gonna try to compliment sandwich this thing. Okay, what I thought of this film. Okay, um, uh, as you said, when you look at it in the context of the time it was made, um, there's a lot of things to appreciate about this movie. Um, after you realize, in terms of special effects technology, because they specifically developed the technology to make said water worm um, for this movie. Right, this had not existed before. They they put the dollars into developing it. And this movie is what got us to the things that really stunned us in ter- T2, Terminator yep. 2. The exact, the exact um, same technology. So there's a lot to appreciate there. Um, acting was great. I could get behind the heroes. Um, you could definitely, you know, uh, Ed Harris is a great actor. Um, you're on board with him. Um, I think you're on board with, with her. Um, as far as Mary Elizabeth uh, Mastrantonio's work, um, I just thought here, here's here's my context in coming with it. It's long, mm-hmm. it's a convoluted pl- plot, which in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. But there are a lot of ticking clock scenarios, which kind of try to bring this movie forward, and it gets a lot to try to track things because even as they're going after the bomb, I'm like, they still got to try to keep alive for the hurricane and how's this going and, and, and all this. Um, for me personally, um, it's, it was, I mean, I, on top of the claustrophobic environment um, that this whole thing created, um, you know, in the movie and probably in real life for the actors, for me personally, I was cognizant of the dangers of how cold the water was. And so when you're seeing characters in the water without wetsuits and uh, any other kind of protection, it it made sitting through this, because of the length of it, extremely difficult, right? To try to feel like I wanted to stay in as they were trying to move the plot forward. That's that's pretty much it. So, and, and as it, I'm like, is, is this largely sci-fi? Is it thriller? You know, is you know we we see these things. Are they really seeing them? Who's the bigger threat? Is it the people or the things? You know, the what are we calling them? The non-terrestrial life. Um, so it's a lot, right? Then you've got the love story between Lindsay and Bud, and then the love story between the guy and his rat. You know, it's it's you know, there's a lot. 
There is there is a lot, but you know what? Uh, I mean, that's kind of uh, if you look at this if you look at this plot, mm-hmm. this this is a typical James Cameron plot. There's a lot of things that are happening, and I mean, it, this is a lot like Aliens. You've got you've got the good guys, and there's a bad guy involved in the good guys, and mm-hmm. then there's the bad guys, and you know, we, we I I'm the guy that makes fun of Avatar all the time because right. I, even though Avatar the was antagonist un, was unbelievable yeah. to watch, it was gorgeous mm-hmm. and the action was great. You're sitting there watching this, going, "Well, it's a good thing Sigourney Weaver's in it because this is just Aliens, you know, 2.5." Right. Um, things I I, I mean, I, the claustrophobic thing. I I mean, underwater pass yeah hard pass hard pass big pass um as far as real life goes i mean i know there's there's you know different strokes for different folks but these people are like oh yeah i want to go swim on the bottom of the ocean enjoy yourself i'll see you when you don't come back (laughs) i i i got no desire i mean i don't even i don't even like to go to the beach that much and we live in florida so it's (laughs) even though i love the beach i don't i don't like the beach i so there this is a very it's as far as movies go i would call this a sci-fi thriller because mm-hmm. it's it's not a horror movie by any means i mean i don't think there's yeah. any blood but it is very it's a very tense movie right and i i just thought it was incredibly well done uh, especially right. when you learn that there was everything in this movie is a practical effect and that's kind of mind-numbing when you really stop and think about everything that they did mm-hmm. and when you start doing the research which we'll get into okay. after the fact all right um so talk about the movie. There wasn't a person in this movie that didn't that didn't act incredibly well. I thought the dialogue was good. I thought the story was good. There was a, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, we're there's a couple things we're going to talk about, and I have questions that me too. Even mm-hmm. in this movie, even though I recommended it, but it's hard to not, you know, it's hard to not have those in a movie, especially when you have the scope that you have in this movie because you have so many different things going on, but. Um, I, I I just think it's another uh, another movie that James Cameron hit out of the park. I think this movie is very underappreciated. And there's a lot of people that haven't seen this movie, but everybody I know that's seen this movie is like, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might have issues with it, but yeah, it's it's a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of water movies that came out that year too, so it probably got lost in, in a sea of them. <laughs> See what I did there? Well... Um, you didn't see what I did there. I, 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 I see <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> nah, yeah. And I'll raise you. Um, I mean, it, did, it didn't It did do horrible at the box office. I mean, we're talking 1989. The, when, when we get to the box office, you'll see that the numbers were not like they are now. You know, movies weren't making, you know, $800 million a year. Uh, it, it actually performed fairly well. I think they expected it to do more because Cameron had come off movies like Terminator and aliens, mm-hmm. but um, um, I I don't really know what to talk about in the movie. Well, what uh, that's, what that's is the hard it? Part. Okay, let me let since you're the one who suggested this. What what is it about this story that had you? I'm going to use another C pun hooked. Um. <laughs> yeah, bum, bum, bum. Uh, what? Oh, here you go. Uh-oh. What reeled you in about yeah. this story? There you go. It, it's just you say that there's a lot going on and a lot of ticking clocks, but let's be honest: in in everyday life, there is a lot of ticking clocks. Right. There, every, you know, they may not involve life or death, but there's a lot of things that go on in in, in an everyday life that is is you know we got to get this done to, before this done. The difference here is that when we when we don't get it done on time, we don't drown. 
mm-hmm. which is what they're up against in this situation. From the the hur- of course, of course, you had to add the hurricane, right? Because that had to that had to they had to be cut off from the surface somehow, right? Um, they they're they're running out of fuel. They're running out of air. They're they're running out of heat. You know they mm-hmm. they they've got a a, a, a psycho seal. You on don't board. yeah. You don't know exactly you, know exactly when the seal is going to yeah, snap. Exactly. Um, you don't know if he's going to snap because there are several moments where you see Michael Bean fighting himself. Fighting himself right. and. Um, I'm I'm a little mad at myself because you know we typically when we watch these movies we watch them in the dark and I try to take notes and I don't want to. I wrote down there's one scene where um there it's it's the part where the the you're actually figuring out what's going on with coffee and what he's doing and they, something happens and one of the guys says look we just want you to know that we were under or oh 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 is when he took the when he took the uh, the mini sub the mini sub and he comes back and he goes I'm sorry I'm on I was under orders and you know um. In, it, even though you're under orders, you didn't have to tell them what you were doing. It could have been a situation as easy as I need to use one of those for something that I can't tell you about. What are those guys going to say? No. Well, they had say, more than they, one. They yeah. could have taken the one that they they didn't need to. That's get what the, I was going to say. Cable. They could have yeah. said, "Well, look, give me five minutes so that we don't die, and then you can do whatever the hell you want to do." Well, I think part of it was the underwater crazies was making him paranoid, so he didn't want to tell anybody exactly what where he was going, you know, or you know, I don't know. That was, yeah. Uh, it, we'll a, blame it under underwater crazies. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Michael Bean, there, he struggles throughout the whole movie, even in the scene where he's about to release uh, little big, big Geek. When he's about to release Big Geek with the, with to the take where, him out and drop head. it. Yeah, he's locked himself up debating: Do I do I do this? Do I do this? Do I do this? So, I mean, I I, I think that even though they have a lot of those ticking time bombs in there, I, I thought it was really intelligent to me how they put all those ticking time bombs together right and it was it was realistic well, t- the, to me the less talked about one and the one i think that cut out the got cut out the most in this final cut of of the theatrical cut was the the ticking time bomb of the russians trying to make their way to the wreckage as well right so you've got that as a ticking time bomb as well but you would think that the hurricane would stave that off but then again subs so you know yeah submarines don't they don't care about the weather exactly what i had a little bit of an issue with and this is just character and stuff like that but it doesn't bode nicely on the the navy seals that you have coffee recognizing he has the symptoms of this Underwater crazies because I'm not going to remember the name of it, um, and not tell anybody. Like he's got that hubris where he's like, "Nope, I'm I'm calm, I'm in control, and I'm not going to let anybody know." Well, knowing seals, that that could be a potential danger to his team. Yeah, but seals are pretty pretty elite. I mean, I would never even think about trying to go through seal training, even when I was in like my in 19 when I was in Marine Corps boot camp. What those guys go through, they they legitimately think they are superhuman because they, they kind of are. Some of the things they have to do. I think that he was so in, entranced in his in his end game. He, he needed this was what he had to do. He was thinking to himself, you know what, I can do it before I go crazy, or I can beat this, or I'm strong enough, or I'm mentally tough enough. The, the stuff that those guys endure, the, the mental toughness that they have, not just the physical toughness, he's probably telling himself, I got this. But this is, this is baby elite shit. or not, is, is that any reason to put the rest of your team in danger because he was the leader, right? Yeah, but You know he, what I mean? If he was sick any other way, 
he sees it he sees it as if the four of us perish but the country makes it because the Russians don't get 96 nuclear warheads uh, I'm okay with that that's how he sees that it's a, mm. it's about accomplishing the mission it's just machismo in my book but well, anyway it, I don't understand it's, it's tell, you can tell me I don't understand all day long and I will agree you don't understand <laughs> I will say it you don't understand in that and in that I will agree in that situation it's it's very easy for us to sit and look at it and make a judgment yeah. call and say he shouldn't have done that but when you're in that position and you what think you got you got to think about this he knows he knows that he's he's fighting this this uh uh, underwater crazies disease okay right. he knows it but he also knows that they are cut off from the surface mm-hmm. he knows that something is out there something it is might out be there. it might be might be aliens it might be russians he knows that he has a job that he has to do because he has to retrieve these things mm-hmm. 96 96 of those warheads basically basically eliminates the united states at that point if somebody gets a hold of those and they're able to launch those missiles the united states as a as a an area of land that can support life is over. Mm-hmm. So he is at that point saying, I have to make sure that I get rid of those, whether I detonate them or whatever. And it's on him. It's it's on him at that point. Have you ever seen um, Crimson Tide? No. Oh, shit. Let me write that down. Uh-oh. Um, when you're in a situation like that and you're cut off, you can't assume that somebody else is going to take care of it. At mm-hmm. that point, you are solely responsible. So even though I can't condone or agree with what he did, I understand it because that's the position that he's been put in. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of a point, a point of view of leadership. If I know that I'm going to be a detriment to my team at some point, is it not my responsibility to at least let my team know? No. It's not. No. That's just that's your honest to God straight answer. Okay. In, in, in that situation. Okay. In that situation, his team is a tool. Does he want? Does, he was a tool. Yeah, he was. Does he want <laughs> them to live? Yeah, he wants them to live. But if they have to die to complete the mission, that's it. righty. Okay. So the needs of the many out, outweigh the needs of the few, to quote the late, great Leonard Nimoy so as, the, as the, Mr. Spock. The rest of the team that's in Deep Core is the few as well. That's like, correct. That he's gonna... Ab- absolutely. Okay. Uh, if you got to sacrifice 20 to save $350 million, I, I think that I that's what, a very easy decision. What's the term for that? It's not collateral damage. It's the... There's a term for this, right? As far as acceptable loss? Is that... There's... There, maybe. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, anything else? Did you like the love story? I mean, love. I mean, if I want love story, I'll just look over. It's who's sitting next to me on the sofa. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say it was you. <laughs> <laughs> the cat. <laughs> definitely not the fucking cat. <laughs> um, I, 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 it was necessary, I guess. Yeah. It, it, well, you wouldn't Do feel you, you don't feel like towards the end with the things that were written in. Well, mm-hmm. it it was necessary. Oh, it's necessary for the the last part of it, yeah. which we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, yeah. It was definitely yeah. necessary there, but it was also de- necessary because it, it's it's one of those things that shows you that you know when when Lindsay was coming down mm-hmm. and um 
Oh, what was the the black girl's name? Um, oh, one one shot or one, something. One, one night, one, one night, or yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, and and you know you could tell that she didn't she didn't like her either. So you you could see that they had you have this group of people that have somebody showing up that right. some people like and some people don't like and 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 even though everybody was different, they all came together because yeah. you know they, they needed all to, but, pulled together and, and they as were, a team. Yep, yeah, they were all happy and they worked together as a team very well as you know with doing all the things that they were doing throughout the movie. I think that Lisa one night standing one night one night standing clever little name there I know James Cameron you should you know better than James Cameron does what James James Cameron Cameron does does. for James Cameron no James Cameron doesn't do what James James Cameron does for James Cameron James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron is James Cameron all right all right. And that would be why all his wives leave him. <laughs> Thank you, South Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, I think the love story was a necessity. and you, you... It wasn't... I'll, I'll give it this. It didn't have... It, it was easier to bear because they didn't give it that whole... I don't want to call it a Sam and Diane thing because it was the 80s and stuff like that. They, they were kind of hard on each other. Um, but it wasn't... So much so that you were like, enough, right? They were both competent. Um, they were both, um, Ed Harris um, cared about the entire crew, and that was evident. She cared about the entire crew, that was evident. So it wasn't that annoying 80s couple's yeah. bind that they you would typically see on TV and movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, it, was, it was palatable enough, I believe, so... Okay. I, I I mean I I don't really have any issues with this movie. The mm-hmm. things that I have are very they're they're not nitpicky but they're they're just minor. I I thought that the dynamic of the crew was basically exactly what you would have. I mean, this is this this crew is a uh, to me, I feel like when they made Armageddon they modeled the crew on Armageddon after this crew because you had such a difference of different type of people that did different that do different things. You know, you got the 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 uh, one night was really good at the the sub thing, so that was mm-hmm. her thing. And then you had uh, Jammer was supposed to be, you know, great at one thing, and then you had the 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 guy with the rat who was the community. You know, you know yeah, what I mean. So right. it was it was a, it was a team. It wasn't like everybody went down there. It wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. You had all these different personalities. I thought they filled those personalities well. I I, I think that um, to to be in a situation like that, that far down below the ocean and live, I you know what you got to be a special type of individual anyway. Well, it was kind of like that. Um when we were watching to tell the truth the other night and they had the woman who, who had broken the record for being in space in a space station. Oh yeah. And she said she'd rather, there's no they, place she'd rather be than where she was. They asked which, her, what do you miss when you're in space from what do you miss on earth? And when you're in space, she said nothing, nothing. Yeah. I'm like, well, you I, obviously I, have never heard of a big Mac. <laughs> Dehydrated big Mac. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, yeah, food I think would probably be the biggest thing in my book, but I'm with you as far as the underwater stuff. Like there was even like um there are underwater hotels. I don't know if you've heard or seen any of these uh places. There's one down in Key West and you have to have you have to be certified to go down into it. It's just kind of like a one 
suite kind of thing, but you can rent it and you can dive and go up and under it and be in a hotel underwater. And it, on the surface to me, okay, it looks cool, but I'm like, at night, it's just going to be pitch black. And you know you're underwater. Yeah. That would freak me the heck out. So I, 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 mean, I have their marketing campaign right here, actually. <laughs> it's Hotel Key West Underwater. How about fuck no? <laughs> That's their marketing campaign right there. I, I mean, you know, again, different strokes for different folks, but... Yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm totally, I'm totally good. Don't okay. need any of that shit. Um, I, I think that sometimes when you're in a movie like this, that there's, there's a drop off, especially when it's this long. And mm-hmm. I, I, to me, I don't think this movie ever drags. I think that they're constantly moving forward. I, th- I think that there's constant, and and again, the ticking time bomb device comes in because there's always something else that they got to take care of, from. Um, you know, I mean, it starts out, boom. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's on it. This movie, there's no 20 minutes of setup. It's like, Hey, we're on a submarine. Oh shit. The submarine has, the submarine has sunk, uh, to, Hey, we need you to, to, we are moving here to, there's a hurricane to, there's a, a crazy guy to, there's nukes to, there's aliens. It's, it's one after another. Um, the, the regular time, the regular running time is two hours and 31 minutes, I think. And I think the director's cut has an extra 28 minutes of time. So I think it's 2.59. And we saw the 2.31. Yeah, but, which was enough for me. Yeah, but there's never a spot where you're like, uh, okay. You know, like even Aliens, even Aliens, as good as it is, and I've talked about it on the other podcast, how I feel like Aliens is a perfect movie. There's, there's, there are spots where you're like, okay, can, I know what's coming. Let's just get to the next spot because this is slow and boring and ridiculous. You know, not not ridiculous, but I don't see that in this movie. Everything is in there. See, there's a reason. I I feel like Aliens is a a bit more streamlined um, as far as your cast and and all of that. So you could kind of get on board with it a little bit better with this one. There were times I was like, okay, what are we getting to next here? I. I, you know, I was I was having a real hard time because I don't mind a long movie. Um, I that's good because Private Ryan's coming. <laughs> um, but I don't like every movie I watch to be a long movie, which seems to be the trend these days. It's just you know, hey, <laughs> sit through this movie. Movies are longer Pause now. Movies movies um, are longer now, but they weren't back then. At that, yeah. at that age, I mean, if you at that time, an hour forty five, mm-hmm. two hours was really pretty much an epic right. you know a, a long movie i think because there was a sense of claustrophobia in there um and you know some of the other things it did make it a tad bit more difficult to there's, watch there's no doubt about it this movie is is tense mm-hmm. because you know even when uh the scene where um and you said you always confuse mary elizabeth master antonio with jamie, jamie gertz <laughs> i always confuse her with elizabeth perkins Oh, okay. I can see that. I, 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 I don't know why I, I do this. It's the same reason that I always get Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Bacon mixed up. It's just, I, I can never figure out which one is which. Because <laughs> they're, they're both in every movie. No, um, <laughs> like this, there's the scene where um, she, does this, she does the air quote spacewalk after they, the tether breaks. Okay, yeah. And she has to go out to uh, turn on the gas tanks, the air tanks. Right. And you're like, okay, she's walking in water. Big deal. Oh, whoa, shit. Okay, holy, oh my God, what is, okay, what's going on now? What the hell is, right. and it's, and Well, it's, you knew that it, there was a potential for something else to be there because you, I, I don't remember the guy that kind of, they had, had him 
stabilized when they went to go explore the the ship the sub for the first time and the uh, the Navy SEALs kind of split off because the Navy SEALs knew what they were looking for yeah. and they were kind of going in under the guys that they were looking for survivors. So they pointed the the, the deep core team in the, the other way. The one who thought he saw the, the angel. The one that he saw. Because when That's he jammer. looked at something, Jammer, okay. Um, you know, you saw this bright, bright light. So you 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 knew that something threw the sub off its trajectory, something, you know, just Jammer saw something and now she's seeing something. But is that something real? Is it something, you know, but to me it was like, they just kind of like, oh, uh, don't forget extraterrestrials. Don't you know what I mean? So it wasn't. It was like, how's this all gonna mesh at the end? This doesn't, you know what I mean? That's that's kind of like the length of it was like, oh, come on, James well, Cameron. The funny part is, is that they that makes more sense once again if you watch the director's cut. Okay. Now, I haven't seen the director's cut, but I, I read about what the director's yeah. cut was, and that's why Me I want to go back and watch it. Yeah. But uh, it again that. The reason that they're there and doing what they're doing make is revealed in the director's cut, but they felt um, we'll get into that later. Well, this but, this was originally supposed to be scientists at the bottom of the ocean. Yes, right, and and because of the timing in which he was making this film, it kind of got rerouted because he wanted blue collar workers first of all, but also Cold War. So let's throw that in. He didn't think this was a story he wrote when he was seventeen. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't think that this was going to work as they went to make it a movie. It would not be, it would not be able to draw them in enough without the, the war aspect of it. It would it just just having scientists and aliens mm-hmm. probably wasn't going to work out the way that. So that's they Hollywooded it up. Yes, but when she's out there, the 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 thing that brought the tension to me was not that I thought that the aliens was go- was coming because you you knew probably something was going to happen. What always for, creeps me out, and even the other night, was the fact that she was on the edge. I mean, she was yeah. on the edge of the abyss. Uh, I am good. I'm already <laughs> underwater. I do not need to go look off a cliff. Well, she needed uh, but, to take her pictures. She needed to get proof. Yeah, I mean, the 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 tension just it's constant. It's 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 literally like a balloon, mm-hmm. and every second they're putting like a of air into it, and you're like, when is this balloon gonna blow? Because I hope not anytime soon because I got to pee. And if it pops, I'm going to have to go change my pants. It was, it, it, it does. And, and you know that I don't get into a lot of movies like that, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I like this one. I don't know why. I, okay. I liked it. This again was a movie that I probably watched. We've talked about it before back when I was broke and I didn't have any money. Just stayed home and watched it all the time. I had this on DVD right. or on tape or something. I, I didn't have a lot of DVDs. It was VHS back then. Um, you know, you buy it from the video. Maybe I used to buy them from the video stores for two ninety nine, and I probably watched this movie over and over and over just because. So, hmm. you know. Okay, day. All right. So let's talk the water room. That was the part that was blowing people away back in. The waterworm? The, the 89's, 89's waterworm. Yeah, this was... Uh, Don't piss off the waterworm. This was done with practical effects and then CGI'd over it. They were using um, like um, air conditioner duct or, you know, uh, like dryer vent. Mm-hmm. And they were... The crew was manipulating that and then they were, um, you know, all reacting to it like they were supposed to. Right. This was, like I said, the first time I saw this... The first time I saw this was probably... I don't remember if it was before T2 or not. I don't think it was. This was before T2. No, because, no, when I oh, saw it. Oh, I, I, I think it. that okay. I saw Terminator Sorry. 2. No, I don't. Yeah. 
This Horror. was this was eighty nine. Terminator two was ninety one. Yeah, because I saw it in Memphis. So um, it was that that technique. And when Terminator two came out, that everybody was not Holy like, "What a great shit. movie!" They were like, "Did you see those special <laughs> effects?" Yeah, and it blew everybody away. And and it is still a, does. Yeah, it is a great movie. But to to see so when I saw this the first time. I was like, oh my god, that's in, that's just incredible. I, I can't even believe that they would, because it wasn't like in T two the the scene where he comes walking out of the fire and he's just a silver man. Yeah, you can kind of you could, but the detail that they put on the face of this worm was was impressive, right. really impressive. Right, and that was that that is what was um, created. James Cameron specifically had these cameras created to capture. Mm-hmm. Their faces and their reactions, so they could have Waterworm do their their faces to communicate with them. Um, I mean, it was interesting. You didn't know what the heck was going on or how this hell was happening and and all that, but it was um, it was definitely interesting. I mean, for its time, I'm definitely well, more than what was to be expected. If you want to give James Cameron credit for anything, for uh, being James Cameron, the guy the guy knows how to put things into his movies that. Are groundbreaking, mm-hmm. or just um, they you're 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 in awe and amazement. I mean, even if you talk about aliens, the an alien, we kind of saw the creature. You know what I mean? You know right, what I mean? Right. And and when she was when she blew it out of the airlock and things like that in the first one, it was kind of neat. But the scale that he went to with no CGI on aliens, and the aliens are running around and ju- and you're like, holy. Crap! Then you see Terminator Two. Then you see Avatar. It's just—I mean, it's just—he's all about pushing the limits of what he can push in, in filmmaking and pushing his actors yeah. right along with them. That's true. Um, so yeah, I can—I can see that. Um, I had a little bit of a complicated feeling about the ending. Did you? No. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I was okay with it. The little aliens didn't look like vulvas with clitoris faces to you or anything like that. Well, I like vulvas with clitoris faces. <laughs> so, I mean... I'm sorry. <laughs> I could literally watch them for hours. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, who came up with this design? I think I think that they were trying to make them look like butterflies myself. Well, they said angels, but... It, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, James is going to, through a divorce, so maybe uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, there was. I mean, there was no Jenna Jamesons, but it was. <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> it was. Maybe it's just my my filthy mind, but came across as a little unsettling. That's I guess the I like about you. <laughs> <laughs> filthy. Uh, this film is filthy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, again, um, and I'm the word is going to escape me here right now. I, it really is. It, you know, I, the only problem I have with a- aliens mm-hmm. is the very end. It was just like Alien. The only problems, the problems that I have with Avatar are it was just like Aliens. Um, it, it, Passe is not the word. Uh, touche. It's uh, it's just cliche. C- there it is. Thank there you. you. Um, 
I'm good for something. Yeah, no, you're good for a lot of stuff. You have to forgive me, guys. I had a rough night of sleep last night. Uh, the the ending is, yay, everybody's happy. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. that that type of ending. And, and okay, yeah. What's yeah. the government going to do now? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you have to ask yourself, uh, well, you know, we have questions. You know, there's, there's things you're I'm right. going to ask about that we have questions. But it's just like, um, okay, I defused the bomb. Now I'm special. Okay, wow, thanks, guys. You you know what I mean? So we're gonna save your life. Yeah, I I I I see where you're coming from, but it's it's a very Deus ex machina kind of ending, right? When you use big ass words like that, <laughs> I get really fucking lost. Just all right, back in the day when you know the Greek Greek plays and things like that, usually at the end, you know, <laughs> writers would write themselves into a corner. Um, they would use the ending where, you know, somebody was in this crane acting as one of the gods and would come down and solve the whole situation. So Deus Ex Machina is God in the machine, right? Okay. So God-like thing saves day. See, I don't think God would need a crane. Well, they needed a crane for deep... I don't know. Um, but, you know, they lifted them up, so it was, it was really more of a, a... Is it a jack? <laughs> uh, God, God is the... the Jack or whatever. Maybe it is they use that, that you, thing that Ellen use the uses. Lift. God is the lift. Um, but I'm, you know, that, and, and of course, you know, we can probably talk about part of that alternate ending and how it gets a little bit more preachy than what you've seen, right? They yeah. just like look at him. They say, "Okay, you're kind of nice. You you made the faces with us, and yeah. you defused the bomb, so we're going to save you all." So the the, the alternate yeah. ending was that the aliens had been observing humans from um, underwater, and they saw a lot of war and terror going on in the world, They're and like, they basically unleashed tidal waves. Uh, eradicate them on the on the entire world mm -hmm. um when they screened it they were going to use the same special effects that they had used for the water worm but the they had not had the time because they had run over budget and and they had run over length they had not had the time to have those practical effects in the screener so when they screened it in they basically did like cool world and they had drawn them in like as cartoon styles, and it was very underwhelming. And Cameron then decided um, what had happened was it had one of two effects. Everybody thought it was the best part of the movie, or they thought it was the worst part of the movie. So he cut that whole storyline out. They were going to destroy the world, and then when they saw him sacrifice himself for them they decided to then change their stance and try and help. Um, a lot of the extra special footage, uh, the extra footage in this well, director's cut was Bud mimicking faces with them, mm -hmm. trying to communicate with them. I think it probably would have been significant to me, it, and I got to watch it, but the, mm -hmm. on, I'm going on a limb. I think it significantly diminishes the cliffhanger at the end. And it's not a cliffhanger, but you're like, what the hell's going to happen? What are they doing? If he's spending 30 minutes communicating with guys, you're like, well, they're not going to kill him now. You, you know what I mean? Right. You, you, right. you have no idea what's going to happen. So, I mean, I see, I can see both sides of it there, but right. that was, you're right. Well, yeah, the whole thing is they were showing him this future thing that they were going to do with all the, the tidal waves so they could destroy the human race. 
Um, and I think he ends up asking why, you know, why aren't you doing that? And they show him the last message to Lindsay, which is love you wife. Yep. Um, you know, so knew, knew it was a one way trip. Yeah. Knew it was a one way trip, all that. Um, and the, you know, the one person who sacrificed himself saves, saves them all. Is that a Jesus metaphor? If I ever heard one, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think had I seen that ending, I probably would have been like, (laughs) it's a little too on the nosy, you know, um, and it was preachy kind of endings, which we don't like. And and it was just, it's just, yes, you're right. And it's just one more thing that you're putting in this movie that now makes it three hours long Mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean now, now if you want to give me another five minutes of him trying to communicate Mm -hmm. with them, and sh- and then showing them showing what they're going, I can get on board with that. But I mean, I, I guess that's most of what the footage was that was taken yeah. out. Was that twenty five yeah. minutes at that point in the movie? You'd have been like, God damn, well, when, this is not in game. Yeah, when they told James Cameron that something had to be cut, he was not happy with, at all with the effect, as you said. So he was like, I'm cool with taking that out. Yeah, then, James yeah. Cameron had final cut on this movie. Mm-hmm. He he had final say. What I heard <laughs> was he was taking far too long editing two other movies set in the in underwater had come out and he had been um to put it crudely dicking around with it for a long time that an executive from from fox came in and basically said you are going to finish this now or you are going to go to twelve thousand theaters across the united states and explain the whole story five shows a day (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Get from, her done. That guy from Fox sounds like he's an arrogant prick and probably lost his job pretty quickly. Well, I don't know because they he was way over time, way over budget. Um, y- you can see where uh, yeah, the studio would be like, "Come that, on, dude." But that's not Greg Bishop directing that movie. That's James Cameron directing that movie. And we can look back now and go, "Wow, look at what James." Even then, it was James Cameron. James. Cameron. Yeah, that'd have been like that'd have been like uh, Mr. Spielberg. We're really disappointed that your third Star Wars movie is going to be two weeks late. Fuck off. <laughs> Once again, leave them leave them the fuck alone and let them do what they do. But His name is James James yeah. Cameron, the bravest pioneer. Yeah. What? Um. Anything else that you'd like to say about the movie itself before we take our break and go into trivia I, or other things about the movie? Well, let me just take, I didn't take a heck of a lot of notes because I knew that this was really your film and I really wanted to give you a little bit more. I was hoping oh. you were going to take the reins. I don't oh. like doing this. All right. So um, I guess liquid breathing. Do you want to talk about that? We'll talk Bef- about that at, after, after the after jump. The fact, yeah. Okay. We're cool with that. All right. Okay. Take a break. Yeah. I think that sounds good. Okay. Hey guys, this is Greg. And this is Mike. And we are the hosts of the Top 5 for Fighting podcast. It is really a laid-back podcast where we talk about pretty much anything we want to talk about. Movies, fun, fun, movies. And more fun, sports, movies. And this really started with me and Greg getting in trouble talking about this exact stuff at work. So if you want to hang out with your buddies, have a good time and talk about stuff that you're going to talk about anyway, come, come, come hang out with us. It's like an evening hanging out with your buddies. Except we're not able to share our beer because you're not here. We are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Look us up. You'll be glad you did. Okay, we are back. We are back. Actually, this time. 
for the second time. Yeah, inside joke here. Technical difficulties, please Somebody stand by. didn't press record. Yeah, fucking cat. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we, we talked about you know how we thought it felt about the movie. Now we're going to, we, we usually intersperse the trivia in, but we, we didn't this time because there's so many different things that you can talk about it here. It is that, that rich cost. with it. Ripe. It is. Ripe. So the first one was um, the studio wanted several people in mind to play the Ed Harris role, and James Cameron had two. He had two people he wanted to play the part. He had Ed Harris or Jeff Bridges, which, uh, you know, I mean, I like Jeff Bridges. He's a great actor. I don't know that he has the, I don't think he has that aura that you were going to get out of Ed Harris. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that there's more to Ed Harris. Um, He's a more well-rounded actor. You can see him playing good guys and bad guys and tough and sweet and, you know, just more down to earth. Yeah. Uh, the studio didn't want Ed Harris. He wasn't even on their list because he wasn't really an A-list actor at the time, even though he is an A-list actor. But they didn't like his receding hairline. That's and bullshit. James Cameron said that adds to his persona in this role. Uh, he brought Ed Harris in. Ed Harris auditioned, and they were like, yeah, okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then Ed Harris went out, got a motorcycle helmet, came back in, re-auditioned, and sold him on it. So... Mm. Um, they did have several women that they were talking about uh, putting in the role, uh, but you know Mary Elizabeth won it, and I, th- I thought she did very good in it. The, I think the big thing in this movie that everybody always talked about that was, you know, bullshit, bullshit was the the, the liquid, the liquid breathing. <clears throat> Let me do this again: oxygenated prefluorocarbon fluid. And this is a real thing. Um, in fact. The scene where they immerse the rat in the fluid and put the put the tray over him, they actually did that with five rats. Five. And all five rats lived. There was a rumor that one of the rats drowned during the filming, but uh, that's not true, according to James Cameron. In fact, James Cameron took the rat that was supposed to have drowned and made it his pet and was going to bring it with him for the debuts. But it died of extreme old age, like a month before the movie came out. Um, they they had four of the rats performed perfectly. The fifth rat, which was the rat that supposedly died, the one that they actually used in the film, he freaked out and pooped all over the place. That would be me, rat. That would yes, that's probably what me I would have done too. Me as a rat. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? They what? were this in the scene. They've got the rat in the fluid, and then. The rat starts pooping, so that's they change that, and that's when you start seeing everybody's look, the look on everybody's face that's watching it. Mm-hmm. When they pulled the rat out and held him upside down by his tail, he was literally expelling the liquid from his lungs at that point. Oh, poor and, rat. And this this movie got a thumbs down from the Humane Society uh, because they said that uh, what they did to the rats was, you know, I mean, all right, it's a fucking rat. Well, I guess, but yeah, the the were a, f- a few cuts that they had to make for overseas production for certain countries who would have found that to be extreme um, yeah, uh, animal cruelty, so they recut. So... We want to talk about the human side of this thing? One, one, of the, one of the biggest problems that they had with this was they had a lot of difficulties with the actual set. James Cameron was adamant oh, that... Wait a minute. We missed a, we missed a, a a key thing. Okay. As far as the set, um, or as, as far as the the oxygenated 
prefluorocarbon fluid. Yeah. Um, they, they did not use it with Ed Harris. They didn't use it with Ed Harris because... He said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing this. Um, the fluids um, are viscous compared to the air and extremely difficult to breathe in without mechanical assistance with a human. Um, so basically, you have to have a tube down your trachea and a circulation pump to force the fluid in and out of your lungs fast enough to provide the needed oxygenation. Um, the thought, I guess, would be if you did this with a rat, the rat could probably get its heart rate up much faster than a human being probably could. Um, but basically, uh, that's what you would need. So if you are a conscious, conscience, conscious, 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 <laughs> oh my God, it's pivotal all over again. Um, if you are conscious, um, con- <laughs> just say the word for me. Conscientious? No, con- if you're awake. <laughs> if you're awake. If you're if conscious. You, if you're not unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I did it right before, before he when he didn't press the button. So I'm glad, I'm blame glad him. I pressed, I'm glad I pressed the wrong button right now. I'm not going to lie to you. It would be deeply unpleasant if yeah, you were would. awake for it. I don't know that it has anything to do with the heart rate. It's probably the sheer volume of the liquid. Because remember, right. the more liquid you have, the more weight it has, the more mm-hmm. specific gravity. Um, the, the rat's lungs are probably, you know, the size of your Ding half day. your pinky nail. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I can see why Ed Harris, I mean, like me, I'd been like, Hey, does it taste like ribs? Because if so, <laughs> I'm fucking in, um, you know, you could put some barbecue sauce in it. Maybe it'll help out. I don't know. Um, that's why they did. They didn't do that. Uh, again, practical effects. Uh, f- I, I don't know if. Right. If I'm repeating myself here, I apologize. 40% right. of the principal photography was underwater. Mm-hmm. So these cooling tanks, they were trying to figure out what they were, or the underwater scenes, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do, and they ran across an un- incompleted, incomplete, not completed, wow, it's it's we don't know how to use words day. No. Um, nuclear power plant in South Carolina. Right. So they used the two cooling towers. They had cooling tower A and cooling tower B. They ran way over budget because of the things that they had to do to make the cooling towers proper, of the sets they had to build. Um, and as you said, they were ready to go. In tank one, Had everything a. set up in tank A, and they had significant pH problems with the water. Right. They so did, they it did, was not they didn't clear. Have, they didn't have our pool guy, apparently. Yeah. Um, the water was highly, highly chlorinated throughout the scenes, or the set, well, or the, the, the filming. Everything had to be put off because they had to move every... A was one particular set, B was another. So they had to now move everything from tank A to tank B, which put things off by several days. Yes. Which had people working very, very hard on it. Before we move on, just a fun fact, okay? Um, Didn't talk about this before. The technology that we were talking about, the um, perfluorocarbons, is routinely used in liquid breathing ventilators for premature newborns with se- severely underdeveloped lungs. So that is basically the use of that technology today. Fun fact, you learned which, a little something. Which makes sense because that's how a new uh, in the womb would breathe, just like the guy exactly. said. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sorry. Okay, that's all right. So Continue. the water, uh, they could not get the pH levels right. It was very, very, very high in chlorine. Mm-hmm. The actors were having to wear Vaseline on their skin, uh, the crew was their hair has turning white. They were losing hair off their body. They they were they were getting rashes. Mm-hmm. They were having a very difficult time uh, dealing with the alkalinity, the acidity of the water. Yeah, uh, that was a problem. Uh, one of the tanks right at the beginning of filming sprung a leak. They had to get 
people that repair dams to come in and fix the cooling tower. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was the hot tubs. Yeah. Um, one of the things that they did in the beginning, because they were filming during the day, because obviously with the sun out, it's warmer during the day. So they would put tarps over the, the tanks and then put um, little black balls on the top of the um, the water to block the light. And that way it was easier to come out and get a breath if you needed to. Or after you, what's it got decompressed? Yes. Um, so it was easy to get in and out of the tanks, so the little micro beads. Um, but what happened was things would get, it got windy, the tarps would move. So they had to start filming at night. Yeah. And that's when they made a request to, to make the expenditure for the hot tubs so the crew would not freeze in between takes and they could kind of get, you know, or before they started filming and things like that, because, you know, they would hold entire crew meetings, production meetings in the hot tubs because they would, it was that cold at night. I'd like to know what time of year they were filming because I've been in South Carolina in the winter and it can get pretty fucking cold. Yeah. Uh, If they're filming in the summertime, it's the exact opposite. It's hotter than shit. So I would imagine it's probably wintertime. They set up uh, natural gas heaters to circulate the water through the tanks to try and keep the water warm enough that people could work in. Uh, they did a lot of different things They had things to here. figure out how people weren't going to get electrocuted as far as cables and lighting and, and things like that. Yep. So that's why You can see why they went over budget. Huge thing. And then they had to contend with, like when they were not filming, um, goats would get on the property, wild goats would get on the property and chew up cables and you know, defecate all over the place and it didn't smell very nice. Um, yeah. Um, so it's, there's a lot to deal with. Plus a lot of when you're, when you've got your crew filming underwater, you've got your director directing underwater and you've got your actors acting underwater. It's a whole new level of difficulty. Yes. They say don't work with kids and animals. Water is probably. Yeah, I think I'd pass (laughs) on it. Um, James Cameron almost drowned on the set. They were filming a scene, and he was underwater, and he had weights on so that he would be on the bottom of the tank. And uh, his assistant director had told, forgotten to tell him that he had needed to refill his tank, and he ran out of air. So he dropped his weights and his tank in his tank, and started hauling ass for the surface of the water. And he was blowing; he was constantly exhaling as he was swimming up to get. Propelled, yeah. Well, no, oh. to prevent himself from the bins, he, okay. to, 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 so they wouldn't have to decompress. The lead safety diver or whatever saw what he was doing and thought he was freaking out, so he grabbed him and held him from swimming to the top. Oh, jeez. Cameron broke free, got to the top of the water, and the next day he had a new assistant director and safety diver guy. <laughs> um, Oops. As is understood. Uh, Ed Harris almost drowned. On mm-hmm. set one day, and he almost drowned during the scene where they were supposedly he was not supposedly the scene they were filming when he was dropping down to the trench. Mm-hmm. He actually wore a helmet with water in it because there was no there was all practical effects. So he would hold his breath and then he'd have to take the helmet off to get some air. Well, he was being towed around the bottom of the tank mm-hmm. by a machine uh, with a guide wire, and the. The crew member who was supposed to come to him when it was time to give him air got hung up on the guide wire and could not get to him. When he finally got to him, he put the regulator in Ed Harris's mouth upside down, so when Ed Harris in- inhaled, he brought in water. 
painful. Um, Cameron continued to film, and Ed Harris found out about it and punched him in the face. So, um, yeah. Well, one of the things that I found out about this movie is the only people who had two-way communication with James Cameron were the actors. Okay. Um, obviously, in that scene, there's no way Ed Harris is going to have the ability to have that communication because he's in a helmet filled with fluid. Right. Um, so, you know, the crew could hear James, but not say anything to James. So when things started to go amok yeah. in that scene, it, James probably didn't know what the hell was going on, right? Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, you know, I, you know, I think it's more of that rust of adrenaline of near-death experience that, you know, made made Ed a little cuckoo and, and you know, well, I, lay him out. But, I get it. But I he, totally understand. He um, he was interviewed because um, they James Cameron commissioned a documentary at the same time this was being filmed because he knew that this was a monumental task, right. so he wanted to preserve it. Um, where Ed Harris was talking about driving back to his hotel that night after after everything happened and basically breaking down crying. And I don't blame the guy. That's a tough thing to go through. But he was more frustrated with himself because he felt he probably he should have been able to do what was asked of him, you know, to not. You know what I mean? But that I, I don't know. That's just not your fault. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? I feel I feel like in a situation like that, um, you, you know, if you're doing something like that, you know, let's just let's just talk, let's just talk OSHA for a second. I mean, you've got to maintain spe- special and specific standards of safety for your employees when they are doing. Right. Even in an office environment, there are things that are required. Right. And when you start talking about something like a construction site, it goes mm-hmm. even worse. And, and and in this situation, when you're talking about when you're talking about doing something like this. I feel like there's got to be more than one person responsible for getting him oxygen. Well, uh, yeah, you there know? should be a backup, right? Uh, there yeah. should be a backup for the backup for the backup. Well, the other thing that <laughs> the other thing that just occurred to me is, um, you know, I went um, for somebody's birthday. Um, we just, we did one of those in air skydiving. Um, indoor, put, indoor, indoor indoor skydiving. Indoor skydiving. Yeah. So you know, you jump into the thing, but you are taught. Um, before you go in there, they, they pull you in, they say, you know, if I do this, you know, that means you need to straighten out. If I do this, it means you need to put your hand, you know what I mean? He, he if you want, you know, I, and this is how, cause you can't hear a thing in there because it's just air. Um, so he, the instructor uses hand motion. So it, I underwater below anything six feet is not my bag. So you would think that you would have hand signals as well when it came to scuba diving to communicate what was going on, right? I'm not getting any air would have to have a hand signal, right? Could have, could have been simple and as simple as just having a tube on him that was long enough mm-hmm. that was connected to a tank out of shot. You know yeah. I mean? But, but, you know, we don't make movies. It just right. it's it's surprising to me that you have that kind of a setup. And you've got Carl, Carl, are you gonna give Ed his air or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Carl, put down put down the hoagie. Ed needs some air. You know, you know what I mean? My bread is soggy. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it surprises me that that situation. Um, they uh, There were other hard issues. One of them was obviously the temperature at being in the water. They were cold. Uh, the scene where they were trying to revive Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio mm-hmm. after she had drowned um, was... Uh, not really anybody's fault, but what would happen was she was cold, obviously, and they had dilated her eyes big time to make sure that she looked like she was dead, mm-hmm. air quotes. Right. Um, and, of course, with them doing the CPR, they were kind of beating on her chest, even though they said it was gently. Still, you got, you know, you're laying on this cold floor in a wet shirt with your boobs out. Right. Tits out. And, um, which I was okay with. Um, <sighs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You brought up vulvas with clitoral faces, so it's not me. I know. I know. I love I you. Know. Um, I don't like her boobs as much as yours. So anyway. <laughs> um, mine are much lower. <laughs> so are mine. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, the first scene, uh, when they did it, Ed Harris's arm had blocked Mary Elizabeth's face. So he they should have known better. Yeah, he should have. So they had to reshoot it. Well, during the second scene, when they when the, when the second uh, run through, the camera ran out of film. So she got pissed and she walked off the set. Um, they had to kind of kiss her. We're butt. not animals. Yeah, that's, that's what, what she, she said. We're not animals. Um, so she walked off set, and Harris and Cameron had to kind of talk her into coming back. But if you watch that scene again, you'll see that there are a lot of shots that come from Mary from Elizabeth's perspective up. because, well, she wasn't there. So uh, that makes it difficult. One of the other things that made life so hard on these actors, and we did not talk about this before, I hadn't gotten to it. There were no stuntmen on this shoot. Hmm. The scene where you see Ed Harris swimming, dragging Mary Elizabeth when she had drowned, that's Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Yeah, yeah, I read that. When, yeah. when they were running in the scene where they had where they had cracked and they were starting to flood, those people that were running through with stuff blowing up and water behind them, those were the actors. Um, there was no stunt rat either. There, yeah, there was no stunt rat. Uh, th- I mean, I I can only imagine what that would feel like not being a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Stuntman, stuntman, stunt person. Stunt person. Stunt, stunt thing, stunt it. Um, stunt I mean, technician. This, this, and, and then to run over, over, run over as far as time goes, I mean, stress levels just had to be at an yeah, all-time high. exactly, exactly. What Crazy. I want to know. What I want to know is if you've successfully blocked. You know what? Questions. That's for questions. Never All mind. Right. It just came to me. So I, yeah, I think we're almost to that point. I don't. Unless you've got more. Uh, yes. One more thing. When you are watching the submersibles and they're coming at the camera and you see the the people in the bubble mm-hmm. and you're like, that looks really weird. Um, that was an actual submersible that was used in in the tank. And they took a projector and set a projector up in the submersible and displayed the the, the picture of the person that was supposed to be in there. Because hmm. obviously they didn't have CGI. And I always look at it and I go, it's a little goofy. But I guess that's kind of what it would look like if you were looking from the inside out. Mm. Um, yeah, you had uh, mentioned before we recorded, too, that this is obviously this is a film that neither Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio or Ed Harris ever wants to talk about because of just the strain and stress yeah. uh, of the situation. Um, I don't think either of them ever worked with James Cameron again. Michael Bean had a better time. Um, he said, I was on set for five months and only acted for about three weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but he's, his, 
His was a bit of a better situation, I guess. Um, well, he didn't have to do a lot of diving. He only had to dive in the one scene where right. they went to the... When they were going to the edge. Yeah. yeah with the Oh, the scene where Coffee oh, hello. is running off with... Um, Absconding. Little Geek. With Little Geek. Or yes. Big Geek to take Which the... Which was send the, 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 the send thing. The, yeah. To send the bomb down. They actually shot that scene where they were where, um, Catfish shot the AK at him. Mm-hmm. They used real ammo for that scene. That's not cool. Got the effect he wanted. Wow. Okay. When a bullet hits water, its trajectory and speed changes significantly. Uh, Science. Probably nobody in that um, submersible. So even if it had punctured the submersible, no big deal. Right. But, I mean, that's that's ballsy. Used real ammo. So, yeah. 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 I guess they felt it was a controlled environment, but... I'm sure it was. I mean, they were underwater. It wasn't like any goats were going to get hurt. (laughs) 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 Unless they put the goat in. Yeah. The submersible. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we... Maybe I have questions. Yeah. I think we covered most of our trivia on this thing. Um, I did not take the time. I guess the, the documentary is about an hour long if you're interested in checking it out, and I could put a link to it. Um, on YouTube in the show notes um, after going through you know almost two and a half hours of this movie I really wasn't about to watch another hour I would like to watch it I'll probably I yeah. might watch this I think it's on the I don't know if it's on the DVD that I've got or not oh you know another inter- interesting bit of trivia this was filmed in a special ratio um, it yes was aspect, as, aspect do ratio. you know that it is still not available in either Blu-ray or 4K wow don't know why hmm. but Cameron has not released this. Has not. Uh, they have not authorized this to be released on Blu-ray or 4K at this point. So. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's do questions. Questions. I have questions. Yeah. My first question. Do you have any questions? Let's do yours first. I have a few questions, and Go then I it. have, you know, I have a question. I have some general questions. I have a question specifically for you because we didn't really get around to talking about it when we were talking about the, the actual story. Um, and then I have a moment that kind of just took me out of everything. Okay. Um, and some of them will also apply to my question questions. Um, one of them is you have, um, who's the guy with the rat? Rat guy. Rat guy. But he's... I don't remember his name. The tech guy. And he's also kind of in charge of those little drones, big geek and little geek. Um, I don't know if that's what they're technically called. That's um, just drones. what they. That's just what they called them. No, the that drones. I don't know if you call them drones. They're just or un- un- unmanned submersibles. Okay. Um, he used one of them to kind of spy on what the Navy SEALs were doing. So in that little bubble, now you can see what they're doing. I don't recall because when you when you have the scene of um, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio and the crew confronting them when they realize that there is a warhead on board mm-hmm. um in the background same bubble you have um the garfield car sticky like yes back okay back in the day just just to catch some of you all up if you don't remember back in the day um the 80s the late 80s it was a huge thing to have some kind of thing sticking in the back of your window whether it was a sign that says ex-boyfriend in the trunk um because you know baby on board's signs were huge back then but you would also have things like garfield clinging to the back of your window i had a roger rabbit one i think 
Um, yes, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, you could see that the Garfield thing was there and the Garfield's been kind of prominent throughout this whole thing. I don't recall in the footage from Big Geek, Little Geek, whatever it is, that he had to get around that. I don't recall seeing the Garfield. So was the Garfield there and I would then have, not I there? I would have to go back and look. I don't think that... I don't think that there was a Garfield in, I think it was in a different window. Oh, okay. I think you, you might be getting the rooms mixed up, which is easy to well, do because with, they all look the same. Well, with the angle that the, he had, because he had the full side angle of the warhead, and that's the angle you had coming into the room, staring at that dome window with the, the Garfield in it. I'd have, so to go, I'd have to go back and watch. That's I, I, noticed, I noticed the Garfield, reasoning. but I don't... Yeah. I don't, I, no, um, my... My glitch with that was the fact that he watched something, mm-hmm. saw it, then he turned around and put the VCR in to record it, okay. and then when he showed the VCR recording to the Ed Harris character, to Virgil, he showed footage that he had not recorded. <laughs> remember, remember when Continuity, I stopped that? Continuity, yeah. yeah that, that, was, that was my only question there, but okay. um, I don't remember the Garfield. I, I would have to go back and look and check. I thought I, thought I remembered the Garfield being on the window in the control room. Okay. I don't remember it being in their room, but, you know, right. who, who knows? My biggest thing um, with a lot of this is, you know, they're supposed to be on the floor of the ocean, right, next to this abyss. Mm-hmm. So, and they keep saying how cold it is. But what you see is, especially when you have Ed Harris diving in, Fully clothed, no suit, trying to find a way to stop Michael Bean when they realize he's going to use the warhead, you know, to try to send it down the abyss to deal with whatever the th- these things are, right? The, the terrestrials. Um, so they keep talking about the danger of it being cold, but you see him come up and then there's maybe like one, you know, same thing when, and this is the scene that really took me out of it, is when the submersible that um, Lindsay and Butter in, when they're trying to chase down Lieutenant Kofi, um, they take damage, they start taking water, and they're spending the entire time arguing who takes the one suit while this thing's filling up. That annoyed the hell out of me, that scene, because it's like, oh my God, somebody just make a decision, get in the damn suit. You know, somebody is going to... And, well, and the, miraculously, the suit fits both Ed and her. Um, but, you know, if she had put it on, it would have been bigger on her. Um, but that whole thing, and again, it's only towards the end. She's like, oh. you know, you would have been cold right then. I know I'm a little bit more sensitive to it because I, I have Raynaud's, right? So if I'm cold for too long and I'm not wearing the proper protective gear, my fingers get white, my foot will turn half white, you know, things like that. So I am keenly aware when people are supposed to be cold if they're not acting cold. So that's one thing that took me out of it, those, those parts of the thing. But at the end, when he, she takes in the water, he takes her lifeless body and he revives her. The next, you, when you see her after she's quote unquote recovered, nothing is there's no 
you know, I mean, it's she's lovely, she's beautiful, she's you know. Well, she old. had a she had a hot cup of water and she had a blanket around her. <laughs> yeah. What more do you want? But your skin things would happen to your skin if you were underwater in that cold thing, cold. You know what yeah. I mean? You wouldn't. No, I, I know. Your 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 pa- You know, you you wouldn't have uneven skin. You'd have blood vessels broken. You'd have you know things like that. So, well, that's just my. Let's I might even, be wrong, but go ahead. Let's not even talk about the hypothetical that her something might have happened to her skin. Right. The scene where he and Catfish jump in the water and swim underwater to get to the next spot. Right. You ever been swimming in the ocean? Not that deep. You ever been swimming in the ocean at all? Salt. Did you, did you ever did you open your eyes in the water? Fuck no. You can't see shit. Yeah. So how the fuck did they know where they were going? In salt water, right? That right, that's right. the scene that takes me out of it. Right. And that was the first time I'm like, okay, even if he could hold his breath, no fucking way. And they they had some lights. I guess they did have lights, but I that that was the the right. cold the cold factor they kind of took that out of it right at the beginning because they acknowledged it but then it just disappeared. Right. It it popped up conveniently where it needed to pop up. Why right. didn't why didn't he put the suit on? I was okay with the argument between who should wear the suit because they were they were working out a problem mm-hmm. in in their in their special little lover's way, right? And, and <laughs> to me, it was like, no, you hang up. And he, no, you and hang he, up. He was being, yeah, he was being the the chivalrous guy, saying, "Look, I'll 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 bite the bullet on this one. They need you. They don't right. need me. They need you." And she said, "No, you're a stronger swimmer." Blah blah blah. Okay, fair enough. Good good enough. Why didn't he just grab her and go and let her drown on the way? It might have saved 30 seconds of her being dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, I guess there's two arguments you can say for that. If she, if he's trying to take her and letting her drown on the way, that might slow him down. Or would her lifeless body be too heavier, you know? Yeah. But I don't think he wanted her to be alone in that moment. Understood. Um, So again, it's the lover's thing, right? Yeah. People get scared when they are in their last breaths so i think he just wanted to stay there with her um and look and you know have 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 her some concentrate on something yep. instead of just trying to survive anyway that's that's my thought now my question for you is this and again this is really more to to point of story but as he's um you know one of the things we didn't get into the detail of him um being when he goes down into the abyss and he's got the the fluoro whatever the liquid that yeah. he's breathing in the, Bar- only, the barbecue sauce the, mm, um he, the only way he's communicating is through a keypad um to everybody back in and they keep saying to Lindsay, you have to keep talking to him so he's not alone and of course that's the whole emotional I don't know if you want to call it, call it a high point. I guess it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, where are you on that? Because to me, it was like, ugh, okay, I get it. I get, I get the story, and this is getting to a key part of the story. If you go with the full James Cameron's director's cut, you know, of them reconciling vis-a-vis digital text and and speaking to each other and stuff like that. But to me, that was just so. Uh, it was almost too much for me. Maybe I'm just not sentimental. Well, you're definitely not sentimental, which, you know, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk about that at, at mediation. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I'm a 
a little you, more sentimental than you, you think I you am. Had to have, you had to have that interaction because even though they had kind of made up mm-hmm. when they were in the submersible when she drowned, mm-hmm. they had not really... She had not told him that actually, she... Actually, that yeah. she loved him and everything. You had to have them have that moment for him to say, you know... I love you. I love you. Yeah. I, I'm giving you... I, I did this for them... I'm going to miss you, blah, 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 blah. Had to be um, me, yeah. Also, it was the only time that you ever saw any chink in her armor in the whole in the whole uh, movie, really. She she was hardcore. Um, she she was just, you know, she's the one that went and started beating on the door of the SEALs, knowing that they had a nuclear warhead in there. Yeah. So just going, whoa, whoa, let's, let's talk to him. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's because the, the, the station was her baby, right? Fair, I, well, yeah. I mean, I think I'd be a little bit upset if I was in anything that wasn't even my baby underneath mm-hmm. water and there was a nuclear warhead in it. But right. I think that that just that there was hope for them. I I just think that it was just a movie trope. Yeah. It was just a movie. Yeah. I, they, eh. okay. I, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't upset me. But what it does do is it gives you a sense of how far down he went. That's true. Well, he he broke the record. Yeah, but right. but what I'm getting at is they could have said, okay, bud, you're going to feel a little funny. Okay, you feel great. Okay, you're there. Right. You know what I mean? They spent like seven minutes, mm-hmm. eight minutes. I mean, and this guy's got weights on going down. Mm-hmm. So I think that they did that for to give her that moment, to, right. to give you the, the dramatic effect that right. they needed. And the closure between and, and, the and, two and of them. And how far they were yeah. going. Okay. But the dramatic effect of how long and how far out he actually was. Right. And not only was part of that was he just falling, part of that he was being pulled by Little Geek. Right. So, you know, that's okay. just my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm... Okay, I, I can I can they get Hollywood on board it with it. Yeah, they did Hollywood it up. I just, it, again, it was part of that claustrophobia and, oh my God, this is taking so long. And of course, you know, <laughs> yeah. I know. where are we at with the story? How long we got to go? So that's that, it. What that are your got? questions? Yeah, that's all okay, I got. Um, one of my first questions was, there's no way to unhook that cable from the top? Good question. I mean, yeah, they showed it on a spool and everything, but, you know, maybe you weren't as, you know, right. for, maybe a little more farsighted next time. Um, the one that always cracks me up is, where's coffee? Oh, I showed him how to use the controls. He's taking it. So she spent five minutes showing him how to use a little joystick, and right. then later in the movie, he's driving that thing like a NASCAR driver, flipping switches left and right and all over the You know what I'm <laughs> like? Um, so he spent five he's minutes, in it, and now man. he's an expert. Right. Uh, I mean, just little things that take me out of it. Okay. Uh, the other one was when they are when they go to the submarine and they're looking for the air quote bodies when they're yeah. actually looking for the nukes. Bud's walking around and he's got a piece of masking tape or duct tape on the side of his helmet and Sharpie written on it. It says Bud. <laughs> so he's two miles down and masking tape is stuck or duct tape is stuck to his helmet. Cracks me up. Every, every time I see it, I'm like... Cause, cause you know, there's no way we'd know which helmet is Bud's unless it had some fucking duct tape on it. <laughs> the last one I have is when it comes to the production of the movie. If you've got tarps over the top, and you've got those black beads that they say literally made it mm-hmm. where you couldn't see it, why would you need to go so far down underwater that you would actually have pressure? Why couldn't you do it in 15 feet of water? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I mean, I think 
again, James Cameron does and what I, James and Cameron does. And I know the cooling James tanks. James Cameron's James Cameron. I know the cooling tanks are really big. Right. And maybe it had something to do with when you were done, you, you could come up and come out. But they didn't just come up and come out. They had to depressurize. 15 feet is like what divers dive into for Olympics. Shit hits the fan. I mean, 15 feet is one strong push and a couple of strokes, and you're at the top of the water. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have. It seems like an unnecessary risk. Plus, well, plus, how much easier would it be to keep the pH balanced at that point because you're not dealing with a bajillion gallons? I Just, eh. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. that's why Linda Hamilton left him. Okay. All righty. All right. I don't think I have any other. I I don't either. I mean, like I said, the 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 few things I think that took me out of it were a little more more personal than anything else. But I, I think that what you know, like I've said before, the rules of the universe. I, I think that they followed the rules of the universe pretty good here. Um, I, I they 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 ignored the cold, but also you can't have that movie. And be focused on cold the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I'm not. Well, I guess I, the well the other part too, and this is just you know you've got Bud holding his breath trying to get from you know one point to another, and when they couldn't get in, um, or they were getting air at at one of the subs, um, and trying he goes to get realizes that they they can't make it, so he's going to go back and try to stop. Um, Michael Bean's character before he leaves so he comes up how do you not come up from that kind of situation and not make a big <gasps> sound right <laughs> trying well, to get the air in yeah, your lungs if you remember he did that but he made the conscious effort to do it quietly mm. when you if they show him coming up next to in, in the moon pool right. and he's the first thing he does when he comes out he starts going <sighs> but yeah. he's but he's knows he's got to be quiet um, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about in the first part that I missed. I wanted to say it. He comes up out of the moon pool and he grabs the pipe and he sneaks up behind Coffee. Yeah. And then he goes to try and take his gun and mm -hmm. Coffee sees him. And then he pulls the gun out and he goes to shoot him and it, it doesn't shoot. Right? Right. Okay. okay. Um, and then they show the, the scene back in where the everybody else is with the guy that he picks the clip up from the bullet and he starts discharging the rounds out with his thumb out of Showing the magazine. Showing he's with them, yeah. Um, he couldn't have told them that before they left? You know what I mean? I get the dramatic effect of that, but you're like, if you were going to do it, tell him, oh, hey, by the way, his gun doesn't have any rounds in it. That's a big fucking help mm. to the guy that's got to swim underwater. I, well... You, you know what I mean? <sighs> I, I guess I'd have to see this see the scene again because they're pretty much okay. This is done. We're duct taping you to the chair, whatever you know. When they could have been duct taping the helmets, um, that maybe they wouldn't listen to him, right? And that was the point where he got their attention. Like, hey, you know, there's nothing in here. Uh, who knows? I right? also, I also, you know, think mom mentality I is I a also feel, is a thing. I also feel that when he pulls his gun out of his holster when he picked it up, he would have known. Okay. He would have known immediately that there was no magazine in that grunt gun because the weight of it. The weight, number one, um, and number two, you can feel those magazines. They have a. It's called a pinky extender. Okay. So the if you look at a gun, your your you use your index finger to shoot, and then you have your middle finger and your ring finger are on the are on the are on the handle. 
But if you don't have a magazine in it, that pinky doesn't have anything to sit on. Mm-hmm. So uh, he would have, uh, again, very minor, but okay. Okay. So you want to do box office? Not really. Okay. Um, <laughs> Moving on. I'm ready for lunch. No. Okay. Uh, box office. This movie had a $70 million budget. $70 million. $70 million. Domestically, it made $54,222,000. Internationally, it made eighty six. dollars um, So they got their money back. Uh, well, yeah. I, there's a formula out there that they say something about. Domestically, it made eighty nine point seven. But since we only did domestic, we did $54.22 million. Um, there's a formula where they talk about how the budget of the movie doesn't include advertising and marketing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they probably lost money on this until DVD sales came out and such. It was the nut. Now, having said that, I think in a studio's eyes, that would count as a loss. Mm-hmm. I think they would call that not a flop, but a loss. It was the number 18 movie of 1989. Which. What came ahead of it, do you know? Yeah. Uh, Batman was number one. Okay, yep. Batman was huge. And it was only two it made two hundred and fifty one million dollars. Now I say only nineteen ninety eighty nine, that was a lot of money. But when we talk about monies today, um, you know, movies today, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, the top five, Batman, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon Two, Rain Man, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh only seven movies made a hundred million dollars that year. The other the other two were Look Who's Talking and Ghostbusters Two. Um, this got beat by Dead Poet Society, Parenthood, Back to the Future 2, When Harry Met Sally, Turner and Hooch, Uncle Buck, Field of Dreams, Twins, Sea of Love, and Pet Cemetery. All of those, except for one of those, are really good movies, in my opinion. I bet you don't know which one I'm talking about. Twins? No, fuck you. <laughs> the movie should have won Best Picture. Sea of Love, is that the one with the... Al Pacino, Al Pacino? and Ellen Barkin? Yeah, okay, yeah. Pet Cemetery was the one that I would have you lumped pets, into that. Lumped in it. Parenthood was great. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, film. you know, it, I mean, they call it a flop, and yet, I mean, this movie go, get, get, this movie only got beat out by heavy, those are heavy hitters. It did get, um, it got an a Academy Award. It did win an Oscar. Yeah. For uh, effects. Right? And uh, apparently the guy who won the special effects award uh, knew how tough everybody had it on the set and thought that he would be able to ask James Cameron to hold the Oscar up for him at afterwards to, to make him feel better about it, and Cameron refused to hold up the Oscar. Really? Yeah, he refused. He's like, I don't want anything to do with that movie. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, it came in just ahead of Harlem Nights, Christmas Vacation, Star Trek V, Working Girl, Major League, Major League Beaches, and See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Now, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation actually made more money than it on this list, but because of its release date, they don't count it towards that year. But, I mean, Star, Star Trek V was a piece of garbage. The Final Frontier was a piece of garbage, and it made $52 million. So, you know, there you go. There you go. All right. All right. So, would you watch this again? <sighs> Every week. Would you watch this again? <sighs> <laughs> Um, the one thing that would prevent me from wanting to watch this again is the sheer length of it. Um, overall. That's what she said. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong podcast here. Wrong podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just the, the time invested in, in, in watching this 
to watch this again would probably be a long time before I could sit down and watch this again. I did not remember this movie being this long. I really did not remember this movie being two and a half hours. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it's been several years since I watched it, but... Um, I mean, overall, yes, I can appreciate the movie. Uh, yes, I, I found the performances were good. So beyond that, you know... Every week, I thought it was a good movie, but I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. Well, that's what you said last week. Good movie, but I ain't watching that again. Um, you know what? I was lying about the good movie part. Oh, liar face. <laughs> okay. I, you know, what it's can okay. I say? No, it's, I understand. It's, it was difficult for me to watch um, just because of that feeling of claustrophobia. It's a, it's so, a tense movie. It is not, yeah. It's not a movie that your buddies come over and you're like, hey, you guys want to have some fun? Let's watch The Abyss. Yeah. You know, I had, you know, the ending too is was a little like, eh, I, you know, I waited through the entire movie for this kind of. All right. I have a couple questions. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> no, understood. Okay, so uh, what am I gonna watch? Uh, we haven't done our uh, our scenes. Oh shit! You we haven't got how this goes. Yeah, the I movie did. was so long. He forgot. I did. How um, this goes. We are going to go over our top three scenes. Okay, so I guess. do yours. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna take Waterworm out of the equation because I think everybody would wanna talk about that because that was like oh the cool special effects. So um so there is a point um in Bud's descent to detonate the bomb when he finally gets down to the warhead and they're giving him instructions and they say you know cut the blue wire with the white stripe and he's so far down and he's running out of light that both wires look exactly the same so that was a good tension breaker right do you you know why they looked exactly the same why because they were the same oh were they they did that intentionally so that no matter what the lighting was, the wires would look exactly would look the same. The same. The That's pretty funny. They were both black wire with white tracer. <laughs> so that I thought was a nice tension breaker for what that the was. First, right? The first time like, I saw <laughs> that, the first time I saw that, the thought that went through my head was, "You got to be fucking kidding me! <laughs> I did all this shit so that I could come down here and have to get, gamble 50-50 on whether <laughs> I'm right or not." Um, there is a point where they are. Um, going out to explore the sunken submarine and everybody's in their little pods, you know, who are in the pods. And then you got people who are, you know, doing their water walk, space walk, whatever we want to call it. And you've got Lindsay in one of the pods and she's just kind of sitting cross-legged and, you know, like she's comfy, you know, like she is in her element and she's got her little tape deck and she's playing this soft kind of adult contemporary music. And, you know, she's just chilling. Um, and later on, it's Michael Bean's character, Lieutenant Coffee, who takes that pod to get away from him, and the music's going, <laughs> and he's like, "God damn!" He smashes, he smashes it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was the, funny. But, but the but the the thing is there too that cracks me up is he would have had to have pressed play. <laughs> it was a battery. It was it was a battery operated cassette player. He would have had to have pressed play and then go, "God damn it!" And, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you're like, "Okay, I, I need get some it. chase music." Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Inya. <laughs> I can't run to this. So that's that. And I think maybe the realest moment in the realist. Am I am I grammatically correct on that? Um, Who cares? It's a podcast. Um, <laughs> that 
that you have is, you know, Ed's had a little spat with Lindsay and he goes and throws his ring down the toilet bowl and then has a change of heart and reaches in and gets uh, that blue, gross blue sanitation liquid. Just, it was, it was. I, I, I it, know where you're coming from. Got you on the side, kind of, you know yeah, what I mean? That mo- that part wasn't the part about that that made me laugh. It was when, like, two hours in the movie later, he holds something up for her and his <laughs> hand's still purple. That was the part that I thought was great. Funny is that nobody asked him about it. <laughs> yeah, I think Dude, everybody knew. Dude, why is your hand blue? Oh, that was another <laughs> I have questions that kind of took me out of it. When he stopped the door from closing because it caught his ring. Oh. Uh, no. Huh. That that ring's not. I mean, that ring is not going to stop. Is it made out of adamantium? Who knows? Yeah. Uh. Okay. My top three. Okay. Uh. My number third scene. My number the third. Your number scene third was when you thought that coffee had uh. Uh. Virgil on the ropes, mm-hmm. and you hear hey, and he coffee turns around and catfish punches him. Okay. And knocks him into the water. Um, uh, it was just kind of a surprise. You weren't expecting it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's neat. Also, uh, Cameron does something in his movies that whenever somebody gets punched in the face like that, he puts a split second of a white screen. Oh, so it's like a like you got your lights knocked. Because no, because that's what you actually kind of when you get hit, that's what happens yeah. in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. it and but anyway, Seeing I for, stars I, yeah, kind of a moment. I had, yeah, I had forgotten it. to mention that, but it's just because you wanted you felt bad because he hated himself because he couldn't make it. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just go back. And, and then the next thing you know, he saves he saves the day. Uh, my second favorite is in the when they're reviving Master Antonio scene. Okay. She doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, You're such a, uh, yeah. an ally for women. <laughs> I am. I love women. What can I say? Uh, well, I love you. Um, so there's there's a scene where after she comes back and she's breathing and everybody's happy. Yeah. And you see these people, everybody with like, ah, and they're all crying and laughing at the same time. It's so fucking corny because everybody looks like they just got stabbed in the foot. <laughs> it's, it, the, I don't, I'm looking at the screen going, what, what are you, are you happy? Are you, are you mad? Because you didn't like, it just, it, it hits me. I look at the face every time. It just cracks me up. Uh, my favorite scene was because the first time I saw it, it was unexpected, and I hope it was unexpected for you. Was when they're locked in, and and after the seals have locked him up, and coffee's right. caught in there under guard, and she's like, "I'm, you, you can't, you, he's gonna kill us all, blah blah blah." And they're like, "Come on, Lindsay." And she goes, "No, I think I'm getting through to him." And the door starts to unlock, right. and she looks at Virgil like, "Ha ha!" And it opens up, and it's hammer. And he's like, hey, you guys okay? Yeah. Everything, everything all right in here? No, no, dude, everything's not all right because you just knocked out a fucking seal. You should know that everything's not okay <laughs> just because she has that look of indignation like, ha ha, I win, and then you find out it's something completely different. <laughs> there were three more things that I needed to mention that I had forgotten about. Okay. Um, two of them were, um, I have questions. Okay. Uh, number one was the sub crashing at the beginning. Okay. Submarine would never be in that position. It would never be that close to a wall that it did not have maneuvering. It but would, it lost its power. It would never be that close that that would happen. Never. Well, what if the, not that quick? What, well, you saw how big the 
non-terrestrial, whatever it is, um, ship was, you, and it was coming at them fast, they it would have thrown them off course. You don't know not, how powerful that it was. was. Li- that was the little small submersible that had flown by him. It wasn't the major ship. They oh. would never be that close that if they had a malfunction, they would hit a wall like that. That just It just wouldn't happen. James Re- Cameron. Yeah, whatever. Okay. okay. There's a scene where... Michael Bean character is talking to the guy that's helping him and he's trying to convince him we have to do this and like but what about these people and he's like you going to do it or, or am I going to have to lock you up with him and he says okay and the whole time that Bean's talking to him he's got this series of knife cuts on yeah, his arm and you can literally see them in the movie and you're like dude do you not see what's going on here okay yes he outranks you but you can tell this guy is fucking losing it and you're not doing anything about it the other thing I wanted to mention was one piece of trivia was that Chris Elliott actually auditioned for the role of the guy with the rat. I can see that. And they didn't cast him, but Cameron liked him so much that he had to give him a part in the movie. That's why he was the character that he was. Hmm. Boom. All right. Okay, so now am I allowed to ask my fucking question? You may ask the question. All right, so this is what we're going to watch this week. <clears throat> That's not a question. Oh, I know, but it's my turn to pick. No, it's my turn to pick. No, it's my turn. You pick I get this to, abyss. I get to go twice. I invict. I invoke. Abysmal. I inv- <laughs> <laughs> the son of abyss. <laughs> what are you going to have me watch, dear? All right. So I figured you hung through Hereditary that I will now do the other one that you were going to pick. So it begins with H.A. Okay. And that is Harold and Maude. Okay. All right. So yeah. we, we'll give you a comedy um, it's not, you know, bro comedy. It's not slapstick comedy, but it's a, it's a okay. cute little picture. This is, this is the movie that's about the older woman and the younger guy that go on a crime spree. No, they don't go on a crime spree. You're thinking of Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. You're mixing Harold and Maude and you're actually conflating the two. Um, Again, stop fucking using words. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> what does two mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is about um, an unlikely romance between a an okay. 80 year old woman and a an 80 year old woman yes and a, a teenage boy they um have a uh strange proclivity to, to about death um so harold always fakes his death um well don't tell don't tell me about the movie well, just, I and just... and they meet at a few and they like going to funerals so they meet at a funeral and they strike up an unlikely all right Relationship. Sounds like fucking hereditary to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll like it. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. All right. So. Pimp away. I guess we are done. So this is the time of the podcast where we like to say, um, make sure you subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Um, We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere you find, uh, usually find podcasts. Um, we are also on honey, you should watch this dot Um, that is our homepage uh, with all of our episodes. Um, you can also follow us on social media. So on Instagram and on Twitter, we are at the handle at honey, watch this. Um, we also, um, post, but very infrequently on Facebook as well. So we have a Facebook page for honey, you should watch this. And if you would like to follow Greg on Twitter, where can they find you, baby? G Bishop seven, two. Okay, and I am on Twitter. I am at T5FF underscore Angel. And on Instagram, I am at Marketing underscore Angel. So that is all the pimping we can do for this week. Um, 
I don't know. Got anything else to say? Nope, that's it. All right. Hope all the gentlemen out there had a happy Father's Day. Yes. Other than that. Well, I mean, this is a, a strange time for our country, so um, hope everybody's just keeping safe out there and, and doing what they're doing to get through. And Sounds good to me. Support uh, Support your local businesses. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the places where they're not even allowed to be open yet. Mm-hmm. Thank All you. Right. See ya.